battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Alright, thanks for tuning back in to another episode. I always appreciate it when you do. Um, this week's episode was recorded before the APP conference. It was with a piercer named TJ Kruger from the Chicagoland area. And TJ is one of the piercers that I met at the seminar that I instructed out there sometime last year, I believe. And uh, just kind of cool to, to touch base and hear about maybe some of the things that, that TJ learned in the seminar and, and how he's applied them and other things that are going on in his career. We talk a, a little bit about how you actually start to practice those things that you learn through shadowing or a seminar or a conference. And, you know, this is one of those times a year where uh, a thousand body piercers just came back to their shops with a head full of ideas that they learned at conference. And how do you experiment with, with that stuff? Is it appropriate to just try stuff out on a client? Is it something where you're just informing them ahead of time? Hey, I learned this new thing in a class. I would really like to try it for your piercing. Uh, you know, I have the competency and, and the confidence to perform it, but uh, I just haven't had the opportunity yet. And uh, do you do you do you wrap discounts into that? You know, are you giving people uh, free piercing if they buy the jewelry? Are you giving them discounts on the jewelry? Are you just doing this kind of stuff on your friends or your coworkers? And and what's appropriate? What's professional? For me, it's it's kind of a, a little bit of everything. Uh, there have been plenty of times where I've I've just tried stuff out on full paying clients, you know, and and sometimes it's not necessarily like an inform them thing because it's this tiny little tweak of okay, I tried 14 gauge for a while and now I'm going to try 12 gauge. But then there have been other times where it's been like, all right, I'm going to try this totally new thing. I've never done this before. I've just seen it in a video. Are you okay with me trying this on you? I, you know, I'm completely confident in the process. I just haven't had the opportunity to do it yet. And then other times it's like, hey, I want to try this new completely off the wall thing. Uh, hey, coworker. Hey, partner. Hey, friend. Will you just let me like jab a random hole in you and we'll see if it works or not? So we talk a little bit about that. Uh, important conversation. Something really important that I want a lot of body piercers to really actively think about, especially if you're a shop with multiple people, um, if you're mentoring someone, if you're being mentored by someone, uh, you, you really need to have that uh, that discussion. Uh, we also talk about uh, a product called Sterewash. Sterewash is a saline product and they support the body piercing industry and uh, they, they offered to maybe do some ads on my, my show uh, months or weeks back. TJ contacted me about that and that's really what kind of got my mind rolling about like, well, do I actually want to do paid advertising on my show you know does that mean that I'm bought and paid for and if I say something nice about this product or any product are people going to question my credibility and think that I'm only talking about it because I'm being paid to so uh, that that was kind of one of the things going around in my mind where I ended up declining any sort of paid sponsorship on the show and I just invited TJ to come on and just talk about the product uh, they seem like a, a solid company I haven't used their product yet but they seem like they're really supporting the industry they come out to conference uh, they they hire uh, qualified, good, caring piercers, and they seem to care about input for their products. So uh, let's give them a, a chance to share their information with us. I'm uh, one of the saline type piercers. I've used a couple different products over my my years. You know, when I started piercing, it was all about like Bactine and Dial, and you know, really 
harmful stuff that would do a lot of damage to piercing. So once I kind of smartened up and I got into that saline kind of uh, period of my career, I started seeing just way better uh, healing healing results. Um, you know, I, I also, you know, I transitioned from the whole Bactine dial thing into like a mix-your-own sea salt solution thing. Did that for years. Started selling products like H2Ocean and Simple Care and, and Neomed. And, uh, you know, now that that's really all I'm comfortable using is just saline-based products. I really try to actually steer clients away from mixing their own sea salt solution at home. Uh, it, it can be good in those certain situations where someone's actually measuring it out correctly. They're not just dumping a bunch of salt in a bunch of water and then putting it on their piercing. Because that stuff can be really over-drying. And a lot of times when people think that they're putting a magic sauce on their piercing to fix their problems, they might actually be uh, causing or extending their problems by, you know, way overdoing it on that magic sauce. So uh, we talk a, a good amount about that too. But overall, it's just a, a fun conversation with a, a really kind and, and really warm piercer, the best mustache in the business, uh, TJ Kruger. So let's get into that, and I'll be back a little bit more at the end. Um, no, my name is TJ Kruger. I uh, currently the piercer at Monster Inc. Tattoo, and uh, you can find me on Instagram at Piercing by Kruger. Um, and I also work for Stereo Wash for their sales and marketing. Where's your shop at? It's somewhere in like the Chicago area, right? Yeah, it's Crystal Lake, Illinois. Uh, probably a good forty-five minutes or an hour or so west from Chicago. How many so, suburb? How many horror movie jokes do you have to put up with if you work in Crystal Lake and your last name oh. is Kruger? Every single person that sends me stuff, I want to say, there's a couple of jewelry companies that absolutely love it, but every time I sign up for a new one, they like stop for a minute and actually have to ask me, is this a joke? Right. So yeah, no, quite a few. Like they're like, so we're sending this to Mr. Kruger in Crystal Lake. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you are. So yeah. <laughs> my quite shop is on uh, my shop is on Elm Street, so I feel you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 pretty cool. Wow, that, and really, I should do some stickers off of that. I didn't think about that till just now. Yeah, you should. Gotta play off that. See? It's all about <laughs> synergy. Uh, yeah, so right. So we, we met each other at a class that I did uh, out, out in the Chicago area, like maybe a year, year and a half ago, something like that. Was that right? Yeah, yeah. I think it was like maybe a year, like last November out at uh, Old Traditions. Yeah, no, that was a great class. That was a fun time. It was really, really cool to get that class together and then see like how many other piercers were there from like the area that I followed forever. Like I hadn't been to APP at that point yet. So like going to your class was my first time meeting like more than three other piercers at a time, like in a room. So that was really, really awesome. Like it was a great class. On top of that, it was really cool to meet people from like Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, you know, all. So that was a really fun time for me. Yeah, it, it was cool. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I started trying to do these classes. I used to do little tiny things, you know, five or six person seminars at, at tattoo conventions. And I thought, you know, whatever, this is fine. But um, through through the show, a lot of people would like one of the, the most common pieces of feedback I get is I just enjoy uh, feeling like I'm part of a conversation between piercers because I don't really get the chance to talk with a lot of other piercers face to face. So I thought, mm -hmm. well, why not try to make seminars that are a little bit larger so that you can get people together. So there's more of like a social atmosphere to it, you know, and you can get people who are, you know, maybe only a half an hour away from each other, hour away from each other, but they might have never met. And then you can get all different kinds of connections and friendships going. No, absolutely. And there's, there's, um, you know, people I've met from that one that are, Honestly, one of my best friends still. You know, I, I always laugh because, like, you have piercer friends online or, like, my girlfriend all the time will be, like, you talking to your other boyfriend. Because it's with a piercer I'm talking to at 2 in the morning about something. And it's right. usually, like, my buddy Derek or, you know, John Balk out of uh, um, 
oh, where's John by pain for sale? Um, yeah. you know, like I met, I met him, I think at your class. Mm-hmm. And like, since then I've talked to that dude probably every day, like well, literally he's an about easy guy to talk to. Well, he is. He's, I mean, John is a wonderful dude. And it's just, it's funny that like, I got a chance to meet him at first. We shook hands. You know, I think we smoked a cigarette together, went through your class. And then I've have like one of my best friends ever since that, but like, that's what you get out of the Pearson community. And it's hard to get us all together because we're so spread out. Right. So that like, oh, no, I love it. Like relatable content too. Like I went to your class and I grabbed some stuff that like, I really, really used every single day from them that really, like, I don't know. I don't understand how you don't get a chance to do that as a piercer. You don't, you know, if you go into a really bad apprenticeship or anything like that, like, you're, you're just relied on, like, you can reach out to people, but they send you a paragraph and you got to try to get the information yourself out of that paragraph and apply it in the real world. So yeah. getting uh, to go somewhere and have somebody actually show it to me in front of me was a huge difference. So. No, that was great. And please keep doing them because if you come around, I know I'm going to come. Well, I, I do want to definitely keep doing them. I'm in, a, I'm in this kind of spot right now where I don't know if I want to keep trying to do new cities, like add on new cities, or if I want to try to start going back to places a second or a third time. You know, Chicago was mm-hmm. was one of the standout classes because it was such a it was a it was a big group, but it was such like a comfortable group. Like nobody just kind of sat there and stared at their phone everybody was chit-chatting and hanging out and it, it was it was a cool it was a cool groove it was cool like vibe but i really enjoyed it uh you know it, it was yeah i think it mixed it was a really good there's a lot of love and a lot of piercer family at that play to begin with so yeah. if you come back i know we'll be able to fill it again so i definitely want to i've got i've got some ideas for like a a, a whole new seminar kind of thing before it was just the freehand stuff and now with the new class um I feel like sometimes piercers in different areas, like they, yes, they want to learn freehand stuff, but maybe there are some things that they, they never really were exposed to through an apprenticeship, or maybe they didn't get a chance to go to conference. So now I'm, I'm doing um, like multiple shorter classes in a day where I'm, I'm doing the, the sexy stuff that sells the class. You know, I'm, I'm going to do a septum class and I'm going to do a nipple piercing class, but then I'm also going to add in a, a whole anatomy class because I think a lot of piercers just... You know, if you don't get to conference, you don't learn some something like that unless your mentor is really into anatomy. So I want to start including a little bit more like health and safety information in my seminars. Yeah, no, that'd be a great idea. I mean, I mean, talk about going you know, conference this year. Um, I'm bringing my apprentice. You know, there's a couple of classes in anatomy and stuff that it, it filled up, and I really would have loved her to get into. So, you know, we'll try again next year for the class and everything like that. But you coming around, I'd send her to that immediately because that's. I also feel like it's a different perspective is what helps. You know, there was I had a couple of people, you know, going through piercing that that really took the time to kind of teach me some stuff. But then if I had like another person that I respected or had good knowledge kind of explain the same knowledge in a different way, it helped more, if that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. So like anatomy and stuff like that, like I feel like that's a one of those things, open conversation that you should have like multiple times with people because mm-hmm. you learn something new from everybody, especially like with piercing. There's nine different ways to do like a nostril, maybe, you know, six or seven of them are a good idea, you know, and they work well. You can do a successful one. You know, it's the same thing with everything. You talk to somebody four or five times about a lip piercing, you're going to get different information from them each time. Right. So right. it's, you know, you can apply it in your way, you know, and that's when I, I, I'm dealing with like, you know, when I talk to other people about piercing, like this is what I do. You may, I mean, it looks good, but you may find another way that you absolutely love, you know, and that, that makes you do a perfect, it's not wrong. Don't try to mimic me. Right. So I think that's one of the yeah, best I things mean, no, for yeah, anyone who's kind of younger in their career 
or just starting out, you know, like you might have been mentored by someone, apprenticed by someone, shown how to do something, and that's great as like a, a starting point or a foundation. But I don't, I don't like seeing piercers who are ten years or or more into a career and they haven't really tried to break out of that shell and tried to do different things. You know, if if you have a formula mm-hmm. that works. I, I get it, but sometimes people are doing the same thing 10 years on and it's not really working. They're not getting great results, but they don't have the exposure to other piercers or, and opinions and classes or whatever, and they're, they're just not trying different things. But yeah, just like you said, I, I like to learn how everybody's doing it and then figure out what makes yeah. the most sense for me, and then that's what I do. Yeah, and I feel like you also like uh, you know you get certain piercings like just down, you know, that are just like your bread and butter and something like that. Like, um, you know, for me, I, I don't think there's ever been like a tragus I've ever sweated. I just for some reason that piercing is just my jam, mm-hmm. and uh, I get on autopilot with it, and then I'll get just really like complacent. And I get I get you know there's too confidence and stuff like that, and uh, I think in the past I've had issues with that, and so I make it around to like I'll do a tragus four or five different ways like there's i pierce that you know it really doesn't i make myself like if i i was thinking in my head if i did the last three back to front with uh you know just like a a, a bent crack pipe type blank um i'll turn around and you know just grab like a little 16 gauge put it in half uh just use that for the back pressure little changes or i'll just do back to front with like the little uh you know fish hook is what i call it that i actually learned a year class for the first time um you know i do a good piercing each every way for all four times you know with the, all four different methods but i found i have to make myself switch it up otherwise i'll end up you know having a slight off angle or be not happy with a tragus because i've done them 19 times front to back and i'm just like sitting down like i'm going to press a button at mcdonald's and you know i'm on autopilot i'm not thinking right right so i feel like when i talk to other people about piercing and like getting in that room i'm like you know even if you know different ways to do it do it you know what i mean don't get just stuck with the the type scenario it, find out how to do it other ways if you're comfortable doing it you know you can give the client a good piercing make yourself switch it up don't get complacent you know after a couple of years of doing it you will you'll get very complacent you'll get bored you'll get careless and just in my opinion you know if you start just like no i do a nostril this way and this is the only way i do a nostril sure i mean i certainly have my preferences but i also think mm-hmm. versatility is a, a huge a huge aspect of being a good body piercer because sometimes jewelry trends change. You know, I remember when I I switched from, you know, when I, when I started piercing forever ago, 15, 20 years ago, everything was done with like a CBR basically. So that was a completely different technique than what I'm doing now Mm -hmm. where I'm doing these like back to front freehand things and connector pins and all that stuff. Like they're, they're vastly different techniques and styles of piercing. And sometimes now if somebody comes in and they're they're kind of switching up the formula, like let's say it's a tragus piercing, but they want a double or a triple tragus piercing, or they want some sort of jewelry that's kind of tricky to put in there, uh, maybe my comfort zone is going back to front with that like fish hook needle, but maybe it, mm-hmm. I would get better results going front to back into a receiving tube or into something else, and then using a taper to reverse direction, all those things. And if I don't know how to pierce in those different ways. I'm probably not going to be as strong of a piercer. So yeah, like learning multiple techniques uh, and then making sure you stay sharp with them, you know, focusing and practicing on them. Uh, But just like you said, if you're getting good results, you know, I wouldn't want to see people trying something uh, and they're getting just bad results or they're doing something that's unsafe for the client. So there's kind of this balance of sure, try it all, but make sure that you're you're ready to to try those things. Yeah. Baby steps. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I'm not I'm not somebody that does anything on paying clients at all. And I'm always like, hey, this is some random, you know, whole, you know, here, let's get you a really great deal on jewelry. But I'm literally just gonna be honest, you have those friends that come to the shop, you have those people that come to the shop, they don't, maybe they can't really afford the full fee and everything. And you're like, hey, you know what, well, let me give you a really great deal on jewelry. But let me understand that I'm doing this ear piercing with a technique that I'm kind of, you know, eh on. So if it doesn't have the right angle or anything, we're probably gonna end up pulling it, you'll let it heal. We'll say, you know, come see me in three weeks, we'll try it again. But I'm learning if, you know, some people don't mind getting stabbed. I have a good friends of mine that like, I can call today and be like, hey, if you just pay for jewelry, I'm going to try something I've never done before. And I don't know if it's going to go right. Mm -hmm. They'll come in and do it, you know, and it's just one of those where like, it's either they care for you or I've been really good to them in the past. And they're willing to work with me and help me out in my career. But but you have to be willing, you know, I guess that's, you know, one of the things I see a lot of piercers, they don't want to fuck up ever. And I, I, I completely understand, you know, you don't ever want to do something wrong, but if you explain to the person what you're doing and that's where we're at, like that's human, you know what I mean? Every sure. apprenticeship shift for a reason. People know what they're signing up for. <laughs> Some people don't care. Like you, you can pierce me anytime. I, I, you know, I walk into a, different shops and they have apprenticeships and stuff and like, oh, well, you know, she hasn't really had to get somebody to come in and, you know, do ear piercings. Nobody really wants to come in or anything. I'm like, all right, well, let's fly a needle through my ear. It, it doesn't hurt. You know, like if I keep it cool, if I don't, I take it out an hour and it's over with. So, well, before, uh, we, get, I think, before we get too far, yeah, like sure. I want to, I want to touch on a couple of things you just said. So, yeah. um, number one, uh, and this is, this is probably the moment where there's going to be some grouchy internet piercer out there that this will be what they post negatively about. Oh. But I have totally experimented on, on paying clients. Uh, and just like you said, it's, it's part of its communication. So they'll come yeah. in and if I just got back from conference or if I just, you know, hung out in somebody else's shop or watched them do something. And it's something where it makes sense to me and I feel like I can do it. I just haven't done it yet. Sometimes in situations like that, I'll, I'll do it on a paying client, you know, whether when I'm switching from one style of freehand to another or whatever. Uh, yeah. and then maybe I'll mention to them, Oh, you know, I'm going to be doing this a, a little bit of a different way. I don't always go the route of, well, it'll be totally free if you just get jewelry. If I'm doing something vastly different, uh, like, yeah. like if I was doing my, like when I did my first triangle, as an example, that was totally like a, all right, I want to find a friend who is already into piercing, who I've already worked on, who understands that this is complicated and that I haven't done one before and I'll just do it for free or maybe just charge them the jewelry. But then if it's mm -hmm. other things, like as an example, when needle crushing really started to become a thing, uh, you know, the, the first couple times I was doing needle crushing, I was doing it really mild. I wasn't like flattening out the needle. I was just making small adjustments. And I, I didn't even really feel like I had to fully inform the client because it's kind of like, well, I don't, I wouldn't have informed a client if I just bent that fish hook tragus or something. I would, I would just try it. So it's, right. it's that line of professionalism of experiment. Uh, but you know, if it's, if it's vastly out of your wheelhouse, yeah, communicate with the client and maybe offer a discount, maybe get in a friend or something first, but I don't want people to feel like they can never try something new unless it's like on a guinea pig kind of, kind of person. You know, sometimes you do experiment a little bit and it's just, it's figuring out that line of what's professional, what's safe, what's rational and reasonable without taking advantage of the, the clientele. So there's, there's that, but that fear of, I don't want to try this because I don't want to do it wrong, I think holds a lot of piercers back. And I think part of it is you just have to kind of jump in with both feet sometimes. 
Yeah, no, dude, seriously, my, uh, and I have a, I guess I call it apprenticeship guilt, like, my apprenticeship was horrible, and it was by somebody that would, like, you know, if, if you did it wrong, you, like, quit, like, go home, like, you, you, you're, you did one piercing wrong, hang up your needles. you're never gonna make it in this industry, like, yeah, hang up your needles, like, but it was also, like, you'd use tools for it. You had a tool to pierce the lip. You had a tool to put the, the, the post in, a tool to put the end on. You know what I mean? It was very uh, weird. Right. <laughs> now that I'm, like, back into it, I look back at, like, what they were trying to learn from there. But even from then, I get, like, that little guilt of, like, a little, like, you know, I ah, man, I can't do that because, like, then it'll be – if I do fuck it up, it's like, no, if you explain to people what you're doing, like, it, it, it just takes a, a basic level of – confidence you know mm-hmm. i mean i sure. don't feel like i hit piercing confidence is like what i like to call it until i was like almost like three or four years now i'm here just kind of at that point where like you know if you and me sat down had something new i'd be really confident to go in tomorrow and actually try it on something if it were a minor change like mm-hmm. just a different blank or you know even crushing the needle just a tad or anything because i i've been in it enough to I know what not to really do <laughs> right you know and we're stretching the limits of what we can in those areas and um I, you know I don't know I have that like back of my head guilt though sometimes about like nah dude don't you know don't try don't mess something up like you can't mess things up ever but the more I've let that go and the more I've just been like hey I really 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 am uncomfortable piercing noses inside out You have a big nose. You've been pierced by me like 20 times. Can I try this inside out? Mm -hmm. And they will pretty much look at you and be like, yeah. Like I've literally had never had one person been like, no. You know, it's somebody that's been pierced by you a lot. If you explain what you're doing, yeah, like try new things. That's what – I want piercing to be fun again. Like I want it to be where we did weird stuff. You know, where it was like – you know, it's it's not acceptable because none of us want to be that like – where we really get really hated about like the snake oil, the snake oil salesman piercer, you know, we cure migraines or surgical steels wonderful, or, you know, let's put a nostril screw in a tragus. That works really well. Mm -hmm. Like that's something that's in my city still. Um, but like it's still piercing and it's still fun, you know, experiment, try new things with people. Like there's a a couple of things. There's a couple of things where, um, you, you know, you talked about confidence, and I think maybe yeah. to a to a fault, sometimes I've been so confident in my in my career that I'm just like, oh yeah, I can totally do that. And I go into something with the best intentions, or even if it's something I've already done a hundred times, and I can still flub it a little bit, you know. So oh. why not take a little bit of those chances? If they're responsible chances, if you're not risking anyone's safety or or taking advantage yes. of anyone, that that's a, a point that I always definitely want to drive home. But yeah, just like you said, like body piercing used to be really wacky and fun and people would try something and then maybe, you know, a wild idea is you don't have to take a picture and put it on Instagram right away. See if it heals. <laughs> see if you get good results before, yeah. you know, all those different things. I remember when piercers in like, you know, the BME days, people would do stuff like hand web piercings and maybe it's not a great idea, but how do you know it's not a great idea until you try it and you watch it fail, you know? Uh, yeah. Or you're one of those random unicorns where it does heal awesome, and that's how all kinds of stuff came to be. I mean, people wouldn't have high nostrils or uh, surface piercings or all this different stuff without that experimentation phase. And mm-hmm. one thing I also wanted to say is going back to when you said that you know you worked with someone who is all about tools for this and tools for that and tools for whatever. 
that reminds me of when I when I first started trying to do surface anchors, and this was. I don't know, 10 years ago or however long surface anchors have been around. And at the time I was like a, a total like BME mark and I was obsessed with making everything really complicated because complicated meant cleaner and more careful and more impressive or whatever. And mm. to put in a surface anchor, I would, number one, I would, I was using a biopsy punch at the time. So biopsy punch to make the hole. And then I would use uh, either a taper or I even got these like micro skin elevators for like plastic surgery and I would elevate yeah. a pocket and then I'd have this special tool to hold the jewelry and then I'd have this <laughs> other special tool that was like a little micro surgical hook and that would lift up one of the flaps and then put in the, the long part of the foot and then, you know, massage the skin down. It was like such a complicated, <laughs> unnecessary, ridiculous thing that needed like four tools and now it's just like yeah. piercing needle pop the jewelry in done you know so uh i i yeah. get it no Sometimes i, I used to feel have these... like it's better oh dude i used to have these like little tiny paddles that we had to pretty much do the same thing mm -hmm. and they were like three inches long and like you just like you have to do like the punch and then like get the little paddle in there and you're like digging a hole basically to create right. a pocket and like it was just ridiculous and now i'm doing when i do i'm just like pop out here we go bye yeah. right <laughs> like right but yeah that's i mean that was like how it went though like you didn't when I started piercing and, you know, huck, go ahead and throw this one out there for everybody to know that like we I never touched jewelry like that was like how it was taught. Like oh, one of those no touch technique kind of things. I never touched the jewelry. I pierced the person with my you know, I mean, hand needle and with a, a clamp and a needle. Yeah. Needle went the, the sharp right away. And then I had a hemo with a fucking labret that was always oversized, like clamped on there real hard, ready to like follow the needle. Right. With the clamp still on. So I'm holding uh, cl the lips clamped with my left hand as I'm using one of my fingers to steady the needle on their lip. Mm -hmm. My right arm is with another clamp to bring the fucking uh, post through. And then I'm getting all of that off of there, putting all of that on the tray and grabbing another clamp with the bead on it. And then like using two clamps to screw the bead on. <laughs> uh, like, you probably scratch the shit out of that jewelry. Oh, yeah, no, it was murder. It was a little quality to begin with. But, yeah, right. it was just murder. And it was on the client. And, like, I'm, like, you know, you're pulling their lip in weird places. Like, you know, and now I take a, a needle blank, just jam it in the back of a 16-gauge, do back to front, and it's one push and we're done. Right. It's, you know, it's just really weird how, like, we, we used to do and what we do now. Well, I bet but at like, the time you thought that that was, like, state-of-the-art best you could do. You yes. know, that, that's the same thing for me is I look back – going back to that confidence thing is it was confidence to the point of ignorance where I, for mm -hmm. a long time before I was really like schooled by anybody else, I just assumed that everything I was doing was perfect. And if something didn't yep. heal great, the customer did something wrong to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I, you know, that that's all it was left at right. Or like, you know, I'm, I have surgical stool tools that I've sterilized. I'm wearing a mask. We put alcohol on it. Like we're doing surgical stuff here. It's, it's fine. Leave me alone. I don't know. I don't need to know anything else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but that's the back then though. I guess I kind of was like circling to it is I remember piercing was fun though. Like, because in the sense of like, I didn't have that, like, professional fear over the top of me in mm -hmm. a way like I wasn't ever going to do anything dangerous to somebody like I knew back then like I still wasn't going to like pierce cheeks two years in like I already knew sure. that was a bad idea for me but like I was you know we get three or four of my dumb friends in a room and we did piercings you know you did you did fun stuff it was, you know, it's the same as when we were kids. You know, if you're riding around on a bicycle or you, you push your friend over, it was a fun thing to do. Yeah, you want me to hurt you, dude? Yeah, we're going to have fun with it. Like, I miss that being a, a more of a thing, you know? Like, yeah. 
I, well, you know, I, had, I like, think... I've had a piercer before been like, look right at me and be like, would you mind like four gauging my filtrum? And I just like, my eyes got open. I'm like, would I fucking mind? I'll give you a hug if we can do that right now. <laughs> and he's like, well, I've asked like a couple other piercers and they don't want to do it. Cause you know, I also pierce and you know, I, I they don't want the, like, you know, that their name on it. And like, that's like, dude, sure. if I fuck it up, I'm going to look at you and say, I'm sorry, but I've done them before. And no, let's four gauge the hell out of your lips. Sit down. So yeah. I, I don't feel like people are, are that open with it anymore it's well, piercing piercing used to be way more about self-expression and now i feel like we're in this era where it's uh it's all about the jewelry number one so mm-hmm. that's why a lot of people have transitioned over to to gold and, and whatever and that's that's a conversation in itself but we're also mm-hmm. in an era where body piercers are not they're not really trying to impress clients they're trying to impress other body piercers so you get in that hyper cautious everything has to be this perfect instagram photo version of an industry that was based on creativity and self-expression and and fun and sexuality and all these different things and i i did all kinds of dumb shit earlier in my career that wasn't unsafe it was just like it was hey can i try this wacky surface piercing on you or can i can i try out this wacky gigantic genital piercing on you and it's like I, yeah. I know that I can do it safe I know that my stuff is sterilized you know and let's just have fun with it and I one thing that I did which was like jump I'm getting all these like flashbacks of all these stupid things I did on people <laughs> and I had a friend where he let me do a three inch long surface piercing vertical surface piercing on his sternum and I yeah. only had two inch needles, so I had to figure out how to do a three inch long piercing with a two inch <laughs> needle. And I ended up like, you know, when you go to a, a restaurant as a little kid and you connect all these straws together and you try to drink out of it. <laughs> I did that with like piercing needles and uh, yeah. somehow shoved it through my, my friend and put in a straight barbell. And then once the straight barbell was in, then I took a pair of hemostats and made these 90 degree kinks on the ends of the barbells <laughs> because I saw a picture of a surface bar once, you know? Yeah. That yeah. and all kinds of other dumb shit and like pocketing and all these things. And But I wouldn't be the piercer I am now without having that fun and that experimentation. And and I think when piercers get into it right now and they're, all, they're working under someone who takes it very seriously and is trying to impress other piercers and is very focused on da-da-da-da-da, sometimes you lose a little bit of, like, the, the love and the joy. You know, it's like a robot creating a robot, and I'm yeah. super robot now, you know, so I'm, I'm guilty of that. But I also want the piercers that I talk to and train and, and have fun with to, to love body piercing because otherwise they're, they're not going to want to be in it five years, ten years down the road. It's just going to be a job to them. If you want it to be a career, yeah. you have to love it and it has to be fun. Yeah, and you have to make it fun. I mean, it's, that's one of the, you know, we're in kind of our own world too, I feel like, especially a lot of piercers are, you know, you're the piercer in a tattoo shop. Mm-hmm. You're the only one there that probably even knows how to do a nostril piercing correctly or, you know, they even, they even care. You know, like my shop really cares, but like, they they don't even attempt, you know, for the client's sake. They're like, mm-hmm. hey, let me just have you talk to TJ because you're going to make sure you're going to get right information the first time. Right. It, it's one of those where, like, you get caught up in the, you know, you're just kind of doing your own thing with it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, no, you've got to make it fun again. Like, oh, my apprentice, she's getting into where she's actually – should be a conference this year. She gets to take classes for the first time. But she's getting to where – she's getting to do piercings more regularly. But that is her – like she's been around me for three years now, two, two, three years now, 
And she's been around all of these APP members or like really, really busy shops. Like she's only seen high end jewelry. Like mm-hmm. she's worked in like one shop that had like a little bit of low quality that we were trying to like. So like I feel like she's right now and I don't mean to bust her out, but like having the the anxiety of I'm around all of these very professionals. I can't make mistakes. Yeah. So like the last time she pierced a, a really good friend of ours in the shop, she's doing some you know, matching piercings real fun on either side. Uh, learning that whole situation, I told him nervous. I just started like literally like a like, stab mat, stab mat in the damn face. He doesn't care. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Right. Like, do you want me to take the needle and just put it through his ear and I'll get you another one? Like, mm-hmm. it's Matt. Who cares? I will beat him up right now. Like, we'll put him in the corner. Like, it's it's one of our great friends. You call him like your older brother half the time. Like, like make him bleed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's I guess the uh, it's I don't want to use the word brutal, but like that was the part of piercing that was fun to me. You know, yeah. it was the fun to be like when my friends came in and like my buddy's like, hey, I want to get my nipples pierced. Let's do them at 10 gauge. And they just kind of look at you all crazy. And it's like, nah, man, we're here to have fun. Let's do some 10-gauge nipples. Right. Like, I want that to be a, a more of a thing. And I get it because, like, I'm in the middle of, you know, maybe two years at, at my first running my own piercing operation. You know, I run everything at Monster as far as the jewelry and stuff goes. And mm-hmm. the the pressure to be professional and get professional clients in. And, you know, I do a ton of kids' lobes. Like, so I have to be remindful of that. It's hard to keep it in between, you know, I want to like sometimes get into the old me and just be crazy all the time. Yeah. But then I have like a six or seven year old that walks in and I have to like dial myself back and, you know, I, I cuss in front of children constantly. It, mm-hmm. I'll warn parents right away. Like I have no <laughs> gate. I'm, I'm going to look at your daughter and be like, aren't these fucking opals cool? Like it, it's going to happen, you know, she'd be like, fuck yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it either turns like they, they either I either get like that first response like look at me side like don't fucking do it and I really really tone myself down or most of the time it's just a fun time but yeah you know I think it's that's hard for people is for for us to get in to regulate yourself constantly you know mm-hmm. every client that comes in the door needs a different interaction yeah and I feel like that's really really hard to do <laughs> well at least I, I mean me. I guess it's just, well it depends on some people are really affected by moods you know and i am definitely a a moody person so if if i'm going into work and i'm already depressed or full of anxiety or stressed out i'm probably going to keep the switch on just professional ryan all day but if i if i go into work and i'm already feeling good then it's it's so much more natural for me to like laugh and joke and just chit chat with with customers you know it's not it's not my natural setting though so I do have to kind of play it out. And then sometimes if I'm in one of those like really jokey moods, if a person walks through the door and they're not that kind of person, they just want the professional Ryan. Yeah, you totally have to feel it out for the situation and then you give them the right customer service experience. Yeah, and that second one is my hardest one because I'm the type of person that I'm usually in a pretty decent mood. Um, you know, I'm usually like, you know, kids all the time. So I'm, I'm usually in a goofy mood more than anything from just being with them. But like, if you come in and I can tell, like, you know, if you're having a bad day, you want to talk about it. Cool. I'm completely fine about that. Like I've had tons of bad days. Let's figure it out. But that's my main goal. I want to figure it out. And I want you to be in a good mood between the time you leave. Yeah. And that's not, you know, sometimes it's not fair to the client. You know what I mean? Like if they want to, you, you were not in a good mood. You just want to get your piercing and go home because of whatever it is. That's fine. I just need to let you be you. But like, I have this natural, like, well, what's wrong? What's your, you know, what's going on here? Let's figure it out really quick. Like, you know, let, let's do some life advice and move on while we pose casually. <laughs> uh, 
So I, I like I have to dial myself back from that because I always like I'll either try to be overly excited or like ramp it up a little bit. And hopefully they catch my energy and it works well or. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've, you know, you always have those like social just bomb moments in a piercing room where you're like, all right, I tried three things and none of them landed. I'm just going to pierce until you go home. <laughs> Bless your heart. Cause I, yeah. I, guess I, I have like a one strike and you're out kind of thing. It'll, you know, while I'm washing up and, you know, I have my mask on and all that and we're ready to go. And I say, oh, you know, do you have any questions about the piercing? And if they say like, oh, you know, here, question, 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 then like we're talking about that. But if they're just like, no, then it's like, oh, Oh, okay. I'm I'm just gonna quietly and calmly <laughs> open up these packages, and we're just gonna get going. You know, uh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. tough. It's tough to force it one one way or the other. It's you know, if I'm in a great mood and I need to dial it back, sometimes it's weird. Uh, and then if I'm in like a just you know, if I'm if I'm tired or stressed out or whatever, and I need to switch on, like if I have an appointment for a little kid or something like, or somebody's really nervous about a genital piercing, and you know, all those different things, you have to you have to play it by ear and, and kind of feel out the client and, and give them give them what they need but yeah sometimes it's weird forcing it yeah it is and i usually like i'll go through the second attempt and usually my thing is to go into like random like i will tell you some weird thing my kid did this week like this week my clients right any client that comes in that is kind of like i can tell they're nervous and like they want to have a conversation or something but they're not really getting into it or they're, you know, they're, they, you know, they can't find the words, I guess, I guess that's what I feel, you know, um, but they're just kind of nervous about what's going to happen or anything. Like I just go into like what my kids did this weekend. That was ridiculous. Like my son got a permanent marker and like, he had like two, three marks on his face. And I was like, all right, well, you know, time out for this. Let's jump in the shower and clean it off. Little man. And we discovered he colored like his whole butt. Like he just blacked out like his butt with a permanent marker, you know, and that's yeah. something that I'll just like randomly tell a client you know? and like, you know, sometimes that lands and they laugh. They have kids. They understand kids are crazy. That breaks the ice a little bit about it and go on from there. But like sometimes like it, that story will land and they'll just look at me like, why the fuck did you tell me that? I was like, well, I'm just trying to share life. Cool. All right. Let's lay down and talk about how to take care of this. <laughs> so it, it's it bites me in the ass more often than it does good. I'll give you that one, but I try. <laughs> yeah. Trying is all you can do in some situations. Seriously. But no, it's nice now. Like I went, like when I started piercing, I literally pierced in a town that was, they have two different shops and on their signs, it says home of the $10 body piercing. Yeah. Like they've been that way since, you know, 20 years from now, the shop has been home of the $10 body piercing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's one shop in it that does good quality and stuff like that. But that like, Low income, the standard is ten to twenty dollars in there. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to establish. Uh, I went through a couple of really really crap apprenticeships um, too, and uh, you know after I got through all those, I was kind of out on my own, and it was like, all right, I need to go find other people that do this right and just. Bet. And from there, I was happened to be and go up to like Wisconsin and see a couple of people that. You know, maybe they weren't using the quality jewelry and maybe they weren't doing it like, you know, to the standards we all expect now, but they were really, really into being around those people. Mm-hmm. They wanted everybody to come in that felt like family. They wanted every they shared things with everybody. And as far as like they were just their family, you know, it's a lot of trust to meet this person for like 10 minutes. And like, you know, either they're, they're stabbing you with a needle in general or, you know, you're about to take your pants off in front of them to stab something more important to you. Um, they had a really like, well, let's be family in the first five minutes mentality. And I loved that. I took that and ran. So, well, that's awesome. You know, finding, finding your tribe is not, 
is not a phrase that I would normally use, but once once I've heard it, once I've heard other people say it, it really clicks and it makes sense. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you can you can be in this industry and you can be immersed in it, and you can be on Facebook forums and this and that, but it it's never really. It's never really the same until you find that group of piercers where you can just talk and talk and talk and you're just sharing this like common passion or something and you just feel like, okay, this is this is where I belong, you know, this is my tribe. And I think once piercers cross that line, it's really like a new chapter in their career because you can you can focus on all these different things that you want to do and you want to achieve and you want to try to get out and learn other stuff, but until you really start to connect and you find those other people who are on that same path, I don't. I don't really think it's it's the same thing until you find those other people that you connect with. Oh, easily. I mean, it's this week. You know, we fly out Saturday morning for APP. I'm like my energy and my level of like happiness is easily way up because I know I'm about to be around a whole bunch of people that share like a passion that I had. And this, this piercing for me, I nerd out about piercing. I'll talk to the, the lady at MV about piercing. Give me two seconds. You want to lead me into it. We're going to start talking about your nose piercing jewelry you can use for it. I'm going to show you Instagram pictures of gold stuff that looks cool. And it's not so much to like sell you something. It's because I think this stuff's really cool. And like to be around that, I feel like gives you life. Like you, you push around it to do it, and that's where it goes. But with piercing, I feel like too, you get caught up in this. If you find one thing you don't like about a person, you feel like you have to not like that person. Mm -hmm. You know, like if there's like, yeah, they're cool, but they don't do this one thing that I think's pretty fundamental, right? It's one of those where I've had to, I think, train myself or, you know, thankfully speaking to a couple other piercers, kind of get the mentality of, like, take what you love about a person and embrace that and make that a part of your life. Like, if you love it and you love that, that they're like that as a professional, then we'll make that a part of you as a professional. Right. And then their faults are their faults, you know? Mm -hmm. So there, there's piercers that I know and that I'm going to see this week that I love them for certain parts of who they are. And then I have problems with certain parts of who they are on the outside. But that's, you know, as long as it's not anything passing into, like, you know, a, a moral question or anything like that. It's just little sure. shit, you know. Yeah, um, well, I mean, that's yeah. that's life. I, I think that too many yeah. too many body piercers especially have, it's like a zero-sum game. It's, okay, yes. I like all these different things you do. I respect your piercing. I respect that. But you said one dumb thing online and now you're disqualified and I'm never going to even consider you as being a friend or a colleague or a whatever again. And uh -huh. I, sometimes people need to be canceled and I get that, but, yes. uh, you, you can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like if you, if, <laughs> if there's something that you don't like about somebody, maybe be honest and be a, a, a leader and say, Hey, you know, that joke is not funny. I remember I, I said I was with a, a piercer very well respected piercer that I, I've known for a while. We're very friendly. And I, I made like a, a an inappropriate joke. I don't remember what it was about, but it was at the expense of like a, a, a marginalized group or something. And that person, to their credit, called me out and they're like, hey, that's not funny. That's not a joke. And, and it changed my mentality where I was like, you know what? Yeah, I've just been... I, I'll use that you know, word or something as a punchline, and I have just since I was a little kid because of society, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, now I get it that people are people, and you can't just use someone as a punchline. And But it took that person saying it to me to make me a better person. And it seems like people don't, people aren't willing to do that. People are willing to do like more of like the thoughts and prayers or just like, I'm going to be furious at you online rather than saying, hey, what you said was shitty. 
I respect you as a person. Why why would you say something like that? Like, you know, and, and change someone for the better. And I would love to see that at conference, not like in a, a, a mind police kind of way, but, um, you know, give people the benefit of a doubt where if if it's just because of some internet beef and internet bullshit, like they're a person with family and friends and careers and, and all these different life experiences, like talk to them and say, hey, I didn't like it when you used the word fag or I didn't like it when you said this or I didn't like it when you whatever and this is why and and maybe try to make them a better person instead of just being like yeah fuck off like your career is done yeah yeah and it would and 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 that's exactly I love to do that and I, I ask that out of friends and family like I'm not you know I, I can get wound up in things I get really big into like projects and like you know my head goes off in weird places like look at me in the face and tell me you're screwing up like, because I probably don't know it. Like, mm-hmm. to to I, to me, to take it at somebody, if I were to come up to you and be like, "Hey, you did this. I I, I don't think it's the right thing because of this reason." I if you do that to me, I don't think it is. You're just coming up and calling me a piece of shit. You know, right. just and if, unless that's your words, because I don't think you're a horrible person. I feel like you're going out of your way to do, in my opinion, something a little difficult. For me, you're doing me a favor by walking up to me and being and going out of your way, going out of everybody's comfort zone and addressing something that you think will help better me as a person. And right. I think the humility to take criticism is something that doesn't exist in this industry, like oh, in the least. Definitely. So not. It, it's People one get of those offended. that I, even if it's valid, they get offended. Yes. Yes. And it's one of those where like, you know, if if you have something to say to someone in this in the, I feel like in this current uh, uh, so society with it, it, you have to it's, you have to ask yourself twenty questions. Is it worth it to even say it? When mm-hmm. really, when it comes down to it, your main goal and your main you're coming from a place of love. You want to tell that person that because you don't want to see them be do, be doing wrong because you probably they probably don't even know they are. You know, it's just one of those where like ass out and you win. You know, we're gonna talk here today, and there's gonna be a couple of sentences that I'll probably listen to later on the podcast and be like. Ugh, cringeworthy. Why did I say that? Or why does that word sound like I'm a baby stumbling or something like that? Like, yeah. it's one of those where, like, but I have to be able to accept it, you know? Like, that's mm-hmm. me. And if somebody comes up to me and says, hey, you, you said this, it's wrong, and I want to know why. I want, sure. I want you to tell me why it's wrong, and I want to know the right thing. So sure. I think it just comes down to humility on both sides for everybody and i think if everybody just takes that you give the person the benefit of the doubt you know i may not know you very well i may know you through the internet but i'm gonna go ahead and give you the benefit of the doubt that you're a good person coming from a good place right now just like it were like my mom coming at me and being like you need to do this better you know yeah. when mom yeah. does that you don't question that in a heartbeat you look kind of go shit mom saying i need to do something and, <laughs> you know there are, there are like, people out there yeah. who have you know i've been adversarial with at points but there are people that did that same thing they gave me constructive criticism where i realized like well okay i need to have a wider perspective or i need to i need to change up how i'm doing something or how i'm communicating about something being on the board of directors really opened my eyes about you know when you talk in certain situations just just realize that you're not the only person in the world and that other people have adversity or struggles or whatever and it's the same thing with maybe the people that you don't instantly love online it's like they all have good everybody has bad sides to them like i've done shitty things in in my past and i've had friends and colleagues and other people i respect pull me aside and be like hey that was shitty or you did a shitty thing and you hurt this person's feelings and like i i never would have really thought about it unless somebody had had the bravery and the balls 
to say that to my face and I, yes. I completely appreciate it and it makes me it makes me a better person and, and on the same side of that like you know this this you know I'll be working for Stereo Wash at the Expo and stuff like that um, I'm going to be doing some other things busy that week and stuff but a goal of conference of mine is to hunt out some people I don't like online mm-hmm. because I just want to shake their hand I want to talk to them for five minutes I want to figure out like I'm gonna it's not with the any sort of like why I don't like them, you know, because of online or comments or things they've done in the past that I, you know, my, my impressions of them so far are not positive, but I want to make sure that I reach out to see whether my intuition's right or if that person's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. Like I have, there's, there's four or five people that I won't even name that I'm going to just walk up to and end up talking to a conference because I don't have the best, uh, what do you call it? You know? feeling of them uh right. you know thought of them so far so mm-hmm. i want to actually shake their fucking hand and get to know them this week like that's been a a thing that i didn't do last year out of just like little tad fad fangirling and being very very new in vegas and stuff but like i have the opportunity to, to talk to these people that through either the learning forum or just online or my obsessive you know with uh looking up what other people are actually piercing with and jewelry and stuff like I want to meet you now. You know, I want to know the real you. Like, there's people that you get online that you're like, wow, they do all this crazy stuff. They do this fantastic. They must be at, like, Hollywood parties 24-7. And then you talk to them and they're like, you know, I got, like, four kids and I go home and play Fortnite. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, I want to know the real people. I, I want to get past this, the internet with it. So that's well, I'm definitely bringing, cool. uh, I'm bringing one of my newer staff members, uh, a guy named Rob, and he, he kind of asked me, at one point, you know, this is his first conference and really his first big industry event. He's never really been been out into like the great wide world of, of body piercing before. And he asked me, uh, "Are there are there any people that you think I should avoid or watch out for or stay away from?" And I was like, "You know what? Honestly, like part of the experience of conference is finding those people on your own. Like I don't want to poison the well for you, and just because Bingo. I don't." feel chummy around someone, you know, maybe you would have a great connection with them. So I don't want to tell you, talk to this person, don't talk to this person, because I don't want to change your, your, your lens of conference. I want you to go into it thinking that all these people are amazing people because they usually are and just yeah. make your friends, you know, you not, you don't have to be friends with a hundred percent of people, but don't, uh, don't go into conference expecting this toxic environment where all these evil predators are hovering about or anything like that. I I really hope that there aren't piercers out there who are coming to Vegas for the first time who are like worried about those things because the people at conference are lovely, lovely human beings. If you get a thousand people from any background together, you're going to have one or two assholes out of that group. But uh, the, the other like 999 people are lovely people. Yeah. No, last year was my first experience, and I, there was not one negative experience with everybody. And, like, I have not, you know, in the past, I have not been uh, quiet. You know, if I have an opinion about something, I'll say it in, like, the learning forums or something like that. Or, you know, I'll defend myself if somebody has an issue and stuff. So it's not like I haven't ruffled feathers with people in the past. But it's when I got to conference, everybody's there to have a good time. Everybody's there to have... Uh, uh, a learning experience with other people they care about, you know, and it's more or less about like, holy shit, I followed you for five years on Facebook. I, I'm meeting you in person. Can we just like get a photo together? Like that's going to make my day a thing. Um, it, I, I feel like, yeah, no, there's a, a very small group of people that are intent on 
that, that's just, but that's just their focus in life in general. I bet you know it's Google it's drama face. and and Google having issues. People that yeah. nothing will ever make them happy. Uh, but well, whatever, you know, whatever. There's people I feel like in the, that 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 feel like they have to stand up in the crowd and be that person, like that persecutor. Or that, like, you know what I'm saying? That finger pointer or that, like, that's – well, that's my my place in this is be the, mm-hmm. that person that calls out and stuff, which right. when it's needed, it's needed. But to be just that, I feel sure. is just – it's creating well, a very poison type of atmosphere. People uh, – sometimes people – okay, so if you, uh, for the right reasons, call someone out on a valid issue – Sometimes yes. people will will see that as like you know good job pat on the back and then unfortunately just with the nature of the internet some people they're they're drawn to that and they're like well I want to be the next person that catches the shitty person and I want to get the pat on the back so it turns into this gotcha culture where everybody is just trying to like get out the pitchforks as quick as they can so that they can get credit for catching this bad person <laughs> and. Oh, it drives me bananas. And then it, it turned into bananas. this like underground catfishing scheme to like prove somebody's bad and sure. like just in the past four months I've literally shut it down. I, I have nothing to do with it like anymore. I don't wanna know what people are doing or caring yeah. about. Like I wanna know who are the horrible people. But other than that, like if you have suspicions mm-hmm. or, or you have a third but you know, the game of telephone well, I heard this person may have did this, like right. I don't even want to hear it, man. Like, right. you know what I mean? It's just one of those where, like, I have my interactions with people and stuff. I want to know who's doing wrong. I don't want anybody to ever get hurt. But I, I don't want uh, 20% of a conversation to blow up across the industry like it does. You know? It's become really, really weird lately. And it, it's hard because it makes me feel like as somebody who's very, very open, like I will talk to somebody and I'll go eat breakfast by myself and I will talk to the old people next door about like my family, you know, or, or what I do. Like I will talk to people. I'm a very open person because I don't feel like I have shit to hide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, things I you don't know. like about me, I really don't care. <laughs> I think <laughs> you know? you're hiding something behind it's, that mustache. I am. And that's actually where I pierced with. <laughs> I don't <laughs> use hands. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's it's you know I, I i wish maybe that's just me you know projecting onto the industry but i wish we could be more of like that because that's the feeling i get as family but when i walk into a room and i feel like i'm around family people with the same passion but i have to watch out for the person that's like waiting for the wrong sentence to come out of my mouth to try to ruin my career mm-hmm. it, it becomes <laughs> a very very Ugh. weird thing so yeah I know I know more than one piercer, and I've had I've had the conversations with them where it's like, oh, you know, what are you going to do at conference this year? Nothing. I am going to take classes and then I'm going <laughs> to leave the conference area because I don't want someone to try to like get me in a gotcha moment. You know, it's, yeah. Like, there are people that are walking on eggshells because of PC stuff, which I'm not going to say is entirely a bad thing because progression blah 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 let's move everything forward but absolutely yeah uh like just go have fun eat ass hail satan do live live your life (laughs) but just make sure that you know whatever you're doing is with uh consensual people that are into the same moment as you uh you know exactly stupid jokes or flirting with people that aren't interested or whatever anyway let's let's stop talking about that negative stuff and get into yeah, 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 some, some more the no, no it's okay that every <laughs> every piercer conversation always devolves into oh, kids these days blah, kind of but whatever 
Um, <laughs> Stary Wash. I wanted to talk to you about Stary Wash for a minute because yeah, uh, I, I've known about them as a company for a while. You know, I know they make a good product. Mm-hmm. I know that there are plenty of piercers that you know they they love this product or they maybe they love this other company's product or whatever. But uh, yeah. Stary Wash seems like one of those companies where they're they're really serious about supporting the body art industry. So how did you how did you get linked up with them? Uh, so it's made about an hour and a half from my shop. Um, and like they, when I was before monster opened, I was traveling quite a lot. Like I went down to sink or swim and, uh, St. Charles, um, you know, and I saw Don there cause Don offers product to everybody pretty much in the local area. You order four or five cases. He'll just, you know, don't pay shipping. He'll just bring it to you. And he likes to talk, you know, he likes to see everybody. He likes to be, you know, in the shops and know who he's speaking with. Um, so I'm guest spotting all these places and like Don seeing me at all these places, you know, like I'm at this one place in St. Charles this week and then I'm in Wisconsin next week and I see, you know, he happens to show up and he's like, then I just see you at a shop in Southern Illinois. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm jumping around right now, you know, and it became me and him saw each other quite a lot. Uh, we talked about the industry himself. You know, he's not really industry related. Don is just a he's, he's done sailing for a long time killer dad you know he's doing wrestling tournaments and doing a whole bunch of stuff with them so he asked me to like kind of you know if i would be interested in working for stary wash mm-hmm. he's like you know i don't want to do like a, a a sponsor or anything like that or, or like you know a pro team. team or something yeah like he's like i don't want to do a pro team i don't want to do like a sponsorship or anything because like that's really loose guidelines and you know i i feel like i like let's give you a job you know mm-hmm. and you can help me do it this way and come with this and, uh, you know, it was, you know, I was like, all right, let's see how this goes. You know, I don't know if I'm jump for it, but it was one of those where like when I got rolling, very happy to work with him. Like he's not, I don't have like a, a sales pressure, you know, mm-hmm. I don't have to turn clients. I don't have to do anything but provide incredible customer service. That's like yeah. his number one thing. He wants me to have, he wants everybody to have like, my, my, my personal phone numbers on our business cards, his personal phone numbers on our business cards, my emails on there. Like we want people to speak to us directly and mm-hmm. feel like they are talking to us you know, right from the source, which what we are, and we give it, we care, you know, have problems, we'll, we'll, everything's guaranteed, and he wants to do more for the industry in the sense that can sizes immediately. Um, I don't know when this is going to air, but at conference, we'll start telling everybody, everybody really, really asks for the cans to be shrink-wrapped for just, you know, uh, uh, quality and control and stuff like that. So that's something we're doing. We're, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to change our production and PP. We're actually going to announce and we're going to start in the next couple of months, start shrink wrapping the top of every cans. And that's something that, you know, it, it was it, it takes to, to make a part of a production line. It takes a lot to do that. But as soon as it became a thing that we were hearing from everybody, Don's like, no, that's what they want. That's what we're going to do for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, sterile saline wipes were something that I immediately asked for. I worked with him for three weeks and I was like, hey, can you get me sterile saline wipes? He's like, what do you mean? And I showed him like the ones I'm using and like stuff like that. And I was like, these, please get me these. And I think maybe a month later, he handed me a box of Stereo Wash brand sterile saline wipes. That's so it, it, yeah, it, it, that's what I like the 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 progression. You know, we're working towards being not only a company that just sells saline, but also sells the products that piercers are trying to get. That we're, I feel like we're also getting in other. You know, we're having to go through four or five different companies to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah I, I, I like. I think that's like, it's. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's always a good it's always a good benchmark of a company because you know without naming names of other companies, uh, mm-hmm. I I really like when they 
they do that same thing. They listen to piercers and they don't just say, here's a product, use it how we tell you to. Uh, like my yes. favorite companies are the ones that say, here's a product, how how would you like to use it? What, what can we do to improve it? Are there different uh, sizes and different bottles, different ways to dispense it? What are you looking for? Because those companies are smart enough to know if we make the product that people want, then they will buy that product from us. But if we just try to put a product in front of them and try to sell it to them, that's really not going to be the same kind of customer retention, and you're not really going to you're not really going to work your way into the community and, and build brand loyalty if you're just saying buy our product and we're gonna we're gonna tell you how to use it. And like if they listen yeah. and say, you know, something like a, a sterile saline wipe is a perfect example. You know, and, and being able to yeah. get that made is is great. Yeah, I mean, I and I, I kind of you know if we want to like tie it back into like when you come to your customers and jewelry and stuff, uh, I pick out jewelry that I think is just like the coolest fucking piece I've ever seen in my life, and it'll sit in my case for six to nine months, mm-hmm. and I'll see other stuff that I'm like, eh, and like it'll buy immediately. So like, sure. but I have to like look at myself and be like, buy the stuff you don't. You know, that's what your customers want. It, it really doesn't matter what my opinions are of it right now. If my customers want this stuff, I'm gonna put it in the shop for them. Yeah. And with 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 Stereowash, like at conference, I'll be at booth with a a list of questions, and I'm just gonna be asking people. These are the things that people have brought up to us in the past. I want to get a broader like answers from everybody of how you feel about these certain subjects. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it, that's what I like about Stereowatch is like he he wants me to figure out what everybody wants and needs in this industry and then we'll provide it to him like just flat out you know and it's it's it, we try to be fast about it and but not I don't know like I hate to say it again because like I, it sounds like maybe I'm lazy or nothing but I don't have sales goals and I love that you know yeah. what I mean it's not like I have to be pushing out like I have a job for them but I don't have to be have to let you guys know this is what we can do for you this is where we do it at this is who we are as a person you know and that's that's the end of it if if you know it doesn't progress past that i provide a great customer service that's all i'm asked to do and i think well, that that's, as that's a company kinda, is something i've never worked for before you know it's great but you're you, you know you mentioned uh relating certain things to the the piercer client experience with jewelry and things like that but that sales approach you're talking about is the exact same way that piercers become very successful salespeople is because they don't have daily goals and they're not trying to say all right i really want to sell this 300 dollars piece and i'm going to sell it to the first person i can today and i'm just going to try over and over again those are the piercers where clients might not take well to it and they're going to feel like it's a a used car salesman kind of experience. So when you go into an interaction with a body piercer and you're not trying to say, Hey, I've got a case of this stuff. I can, I can, what can I do to tweak price or whatever and get it get it in your shop. Now, if you're stopping and you're listening and you're having conversation and uh, you're, you're really paying attention to what the, the people are saying, you're probably going to be able to provide them exactly what they need and they're probably going to buy it from you. And it's the same thing as, as the customer interactions with jewelry. Like you're more successful when you do less talking and more listening to what the person actually wants. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just being on the, the same level with it, you know, it's one of those where I'm not a salesman. I'm not. Like when people come in on the, 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 the you know, I'll show you what I think is cool. I, I, I will share my passion for jewelry with you, you know, and I'll be like, this piece is really awesome. Like, you know, and go through that with you. But when it comes down to it, I don't ever pressure. Like I worked in those shops before. They're like, yo, they're, the, the girl that came and got a tattoo has five friends with her. Go get one to get a piercing. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, I'm not going to go do that. You know, I'll give them, 
you know, it may be like one line. Anybody want to get a piercing today or anything like that? But I'm not going to sit here and like pressure you to get one or anything like that. I'm not yeah. that sales. So to right. be able to just kind of be able to talk to everybody on a real level because we're all doing this, we're all doing the same struggle. You know, we're all just trying to make holes every week to pay bills. Um, it, it, I feel like it gives me a lot more freedom to be more comfortable with everybody. Uh, and, and but at the same time, that's you know, if I talk to somebody for a week and you know, and nothing ever happens to it. As long as I gave them great customer service, that's where a goal is, you know, and that's what I really, really like about it. Like, of course, there's a goal with every fucking business. We'd like to take over the whole industry and every single shop stocks dairy wash. I mean, you know, that's what I'd love. I'd love every single person in Illinois to come get pierced by me. But <laughs> it's, you know, uh, providing everybody with that direct customer service has been the goal. And I really, really love that part of this job, honestly. Definitely. And plus, it's a, it's a job, you know. It's it's yeah. a, a company actually gave me a footing. Um, I'm I've only been piercing full time without being a, like I was a chef on the other side, that side, like two or three days a week for about two years now. Um, I've only been making like had it for like six to eight months, you know, after mm-hmm. being established and stuff like that. So for him to actually give me the opportunity, like it, they're the only reason I went to Stereowash or went to APP last year, you know, Stereowash. If you want to go and help us out, like, let's get you classes and stuff there. It's cool. the same. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, he saw an opportunity to help me just as much as I can help him. So he gave me a real job on it. And I, I mm-hmm. will always be thankful for Don about that because that was one of the main things that, like, I was really, like, I couldn't believe he was going out of his way to make sure I was taken care of. So, that's awesome. And, I mean, that's, you know, that's saline, always great for any company, yeah. Yeah. You know, saline, aftercare, you know, all that, We we've, I think I – to come down to it, we've got it to a pretty big, you know, a pretty settled feeling. Let's get a sterile, clean can that stays sterile, helps you out throughout the day. Leave it alone, clean it in the shower. You know, there's mm-hmm. your variations and stuff like that. But, like, aftercare for a piercing, except for, you know, certain specific piercings, generally gets down to just you start with that, you know. And if you can do that correctly, wonderful. Everybody usually is fine. If you have more problems, come back and see us, and we know other knowledge to get around it. Right. But it's, you know... We're not, we didn't reinvent the wheel anywhere. So it's just a, a company that's come out with – this is the only thing we do. We don't make any other products. We just make uh, you know, the, the saline cans, the wipes. We just started a, a tattoo aftercare on uh, – um, just kind of you know, – it was a good opportunity. We, we found mm-hmm. a solution that really, really well. It's all natural. Um, it kind of solved some problems with other ones with petroleum and stuff, but we saw yep. a need for it. We came out with it. We spent a year perfecting it, and we've had it since. Uh, you know, Stereowash sent me out to the convention. Uh, I spent three days handing out four cases of. Uh, it's called Sativa. It's a hemp seed oil. Uh, after tattoo aftercare. We just gave them out. We gave them out with their business card. It's like use it. Tell us what you think. You know what I mean? Just go through it all. What you think of that, and then we'll improve it from there. But that's the same with our products, like with the cans, with the saline wipes. The saline wipes came out. Some people found them to be a little bit dry. Some people love them. We're already making them more more saturated. Like mm-hmm. that was just a, you know a thing. We get them, we turn around and make things. And I, I, that's what I really like about them so far. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all. That's all part of just listening to the market and you know and talking to the people that are interested in the products. Yeah, and you know, and but me personally dealing with like other you know before I worked for them and just dealing with other aftercare companies or uh, not even just aftercare, other companies that aren't. 
I guess the word would be fringe, you know, not mm-hmm. exactly jewelry, but other other companies we deal with for the supplies we need and stuff. I, right. I never felt like they gave a shit, you know, jewelry yeah. companies care because they, they're here for the piercing world. All mm-hmm. the other ones are they do other stuff. And, you know, most of their bread and butter comes from other things. And it's a tattoo or a piercer on the phone. I'm not really going to care. I'll call you tomorrow or next week. Yeah. So I I felt like it was nice to get with a company that actually wanted to be like responsive and very well taken care of of everybody. It's like Don said, Don Don will deliver product like in the area. You know, if you need it, he'll just drive it to you in the next couple of days. And I'll end up hanging out in the shop for a half hour talking with everybody. Dude does not have a tattoo or a piercing, but that doesn't mean he cares at all. And then, you know, he hangs out with everybody just fine. So I always crack up, though, because like Don stands out. (laughs) Mm-hmm. There's like all of us, like a couple of shops too. I met him at like covered in face tattoos and all these big bearded gnarly tattoo and piercing people. And then there's Don and like, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I'm making fun of him, but I do with that relationship with his, his dad, you know, New Balance shoes and his Nike shorts and stuff like that with no yeah. tattoos or piercings. But like, um, I feel like it's like, it's nice to work for somebody that isn't in the industry, but I fits in well. Is that, if yeah. that makes sense, you know? Oh, it totally makes sense because there are plenty of people that I interact with in this industry where they're not the stereotypical tattoo piercing people, but they get the industry and they respect the industry. And I think that's the important yep. part. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been, that's been one of the key things that's made me work really hard with them is because yeah. that's, I feel like just moving forward, they're worried about doing stuff for the so that has been really, really awesome because, like like I said, I get to go to conference and tell everybody, hey, you know, I'm, I'm like literally have a list of all these people that have been like, yeah, but shrink wrap the cans. I'm going to find you all personally this week and be like, guess what we're doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? We're shrink wrapping yeah. cans. Like I'm excited to like relate that and be like, you know, we're going to do this stuff for everybody. So and it always goes up for there. I'd like to add on stuff where we've it's a never ending process, but we want to do like uh, actual sterile iodine like swabs. You know, mm-hmm. actual sterile iodine alcohol pads and more into medical stuff that people want for single-use, sterile, leaning more towards the disposable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a good idea. You know, if you notice a you notice a gap in the marketplace, fill it before somebody else does. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's that. I guess, you know, the, the gap, I just think we just want to do – we want to provide everything that piercers use. You know, mm-hmm. I want to – you know, there's people that – you know, I do all disposable, and I get maybe a message every week or so. It's like, hey, do you mind telling me how do you do all disposable? And I'm like, no, not at all. Like, jump on. I'm very happy for me doing it this way. Like, the end, I feel like the information be shared. But then I talk to other people, and I realize, well, it's hard to do it because now I realize I order from four and a half to five, four for five different companies to get to get my all disposable stuff you know right right yeah if you could get it through one person that would be way easier yeah so i'd like to see that i think that's what you know growing in the industry i'd like i think that's where we're end up going with and i like that quite a bit awesome well uh i think this is probably a, a good point to to wrap it up it wasn't so scary right no, it wasn't too bad. I mean, hopefully we just didn't ramble about stuff because, like, dude, that's what I do. But <laughs> no, no, it was great. Um, cool. But one Let more time, where do where do people yeah. find your shop, uh, your social media oh, yeah. stuff, and where do they find Sterilwash? Uh, I mean, you, it, I'm at Monster Ink Tattoo in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram under Monster Ink Tattoo. Uh, I'm personally, my Instagram is Piercing by Kruger. Um, Stary Wash, you can just jump onto www.staryrewash.com. 
Uh, you can apply for a wholesale account there. Basically, we double check that you are actual like a tattoo or a piercer, have a business license and stuff by the info you give us. And then once we approve it, you can just jump on the website and like do ordering and pricing and all that stuff's right there. Um, but you can also hit me up if you have any questions about stereo wash and things like that. Cool. But, yeah. Well, this episode is going to go up uh, probably just after conference, but I will see you in just a couple of days in Vegas. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'll, I know you're busy as all hell the whole week and stuff, but I'll make sure to try to shake your hand and maybe have a drink or two somewhere. Yes, but, please. Um, yeah, no, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. I hope we uh, we got a good content for the show and stuff. Oh, yeah, I think it was great. Sweet. Well, you have a all good right, man. one. I'll see you in a couple of days. All right, I'll see you in Vegas. Yep, have a good one. Bye. Bye. All right, thanks for talking to me, TJ. Appreciate it. Uh, another group of people that I just want to give some uh, some shout-outs and appreciation to are all my Patreon patrons. Um, it's been pretty cool. Uh, you know, like I said earlier in the show, I decided not to do any sort of paid advertisements, so I made a Patreon page. Uh, some of the wrestling podcasts I listen to have them, and you know, it's a way that you can support the podcast if you're interested. You know, I, I'm I'm going to put this show out for free. I'm not going to try to like make it income, but there are certain like costs that come along with the show. Blah blah blah. Blah, blah, blah. It's not like, you know, cry me a river or anything like that. But uh, I really do appreciate the people who have uh, given me some support on, on Patreon. So if you're interested in something like that, if you're a, a Patreon user, just search uh, either my name, Ryan Willette, or Piercing Wizard Podcast. Uh, that'll come up there. Or you can just go to the Piercing Wizard Podcast uh, website, piercingwizardpodcast.com. There's a, a link to it. You can click right on there. And uh, I've got some some new patrons I need to thank. Uh, Bador, Bador Ramji, uh, really, like, I mean, how much more supportive can can one person be supporting me with the show at archmage level which is uh, the highest tier so thank you there but uh you know bedore has always been like a really strong supporter of the body art industry and aaron solomon aaron came on uh, an episode a, a few weeks back from the uh, pacific northwest area and talked about starting a piercer meetup groups and all that stuff and aaron signed up for uh, patreon on also the archmage level so thank you um and just uh, one more quick shout out to amanda johnson at the conjurer level and leo zball again at the uh archmage level so really just want to say extra special thank you to uh to everybody who's you know giving me input on the show and supporting the show and, and listening to the show i really appreciate it thank you very much for those higher tiers on Patreon, there's going to be some bonus content for you, uh, doing things like travel logs, uh, recording little episodes that aren't necessarily about piercing, just about different things I'm doing when I'm out in the world. Uh, I've got some episodes uh, about like wrestling stuff and travel stuff and all that stuff. So I'm going to get that online for all the uh, the uh, the top tier Patreon people. The uh, the lower tiers, you know, if you only have a, a couple of bucks that you want to donate to the show, I, I really appreciate all of it, you know, uh, and really just even if you just say thanks or give me a, a hug or a handshake, I also really appreciate that. Um, but, uh, you know, any sort of level of sponsorship on the show, you're going to get a, a personal thank you for me. So uh, thank you to all the people doing that. For all my other, uh, my wares, I've got uh, Monday, July 8th in Dallas, Texas. That class, I, I haven't really had a ton of signups for it. You know, I've got less than 10 so far, so plenty of space in the class. If you you want to get in on that and you want to learn some cool stuff you want to pierce some bananas and really like understand bevel theory by the end of the day this is going to be the class for you this is really my favorite class i've done this one i don't know a dozen or more times uh with a, a huge group of uh piercers i think i had something like 200 attendees uh between 2017 and 2018 so 
come on out. We'll uh, pierce some stuff and uh, really talk about needle dynamics. I've also got another class the following week in Amsterdam. That's going to be the uh, the new class that I'm kind of launching for when I go back to a city more than once, or you know, if I go to an area where they're maybe using cannulas or different kinds of needles or jewelry. Some of the bevel theory class content, uh, you know, they might not get the most out of it. So I've got another day that's more health and safety with some piercing techniques. So talking about anatomy, talking about septum piercings, talking about nipple piercings. You heard me mention it in the conversation with TJ. I'm going to be doing that one in Amsterdam. And a couple of early rumblings. Uh, at, at conference, I talked to a, a bunch of different piercers about different classes here and there and doing this and doing that. So uh, I've got a couple that I don't have uh, venues uh, just yet. I don't have exact dates. Well, I may have some exact dates, but I don't have exact venues yet. But a couple different things. I'm going to have uh, another class in the uh, Baltimore, Maryland area. I'm going to be doing that out at Freya. Uh, that's uh, Matt Bonantono's new shop. I'm going to be out there around the end of August. Uh, I'm going to get the exact date and info and everything up online. You can either go to precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars, or you can like and follow Body Art Education by Ryan Willett on Facebook. I'm also going to have a class in the Chicago area again. Uh, there are some uh, some wrestling shows that got announced for Labor Day weekend. And I figure while I'm out there, uh, you know, I had a lot of attendees at my last Chicago area class. That's where I met TJ. I'm going to be doing another one, and that's going to be that new day with uh, anatomy and septums and, and nipple piercings. So come on out to that. That's going to be Labor Day weekend in the Chicago area, most likely on Sunday of Labor Day weekend. And then I've got some other ones rolling along. Uh, I'm working out a, a class date in October for Florida. Going to be in Fort Myers, Florida, Tiger Lotus with uh, John Robertson and my other Florida piercer peeps. So I'll, I'll be in that area. And I just kind of started early talks with a, a group of piercers from the Minneapolis, Minnesota area. Um, I, I have been wanting to get out there for a while, but I just needed that kind of kick in the pants to actually start trying to find a venue, trying to find a date that works. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when that's going to be. Probably sometime in the fall. Fall. I want to get out there before it's like frigidly cold and covered with snow. Uh, so we'll we'll see. Uh, if you have any sort of leads on a good venue, go ahead and drop me an email at ryanpba@gmail.com. Uh, one last thing I, I wanted to talk about was uh, what I did in Las Vegas after conference. So I went out to, to conference and it was an amazing week. That was awesome. I came home for four days and then I went back out to Las Vegas for this big wrestling show for all elite wrestling called Double or Nothing. And there was like a nerd convention that went along a couple days for it. And it was fun. The majority of the time I was out there by myself. So I had a good amount of time to just walk around. And I, I don't know, whatever reason, I got just crazy conference nostalgic. When I'm out there at conference, you know, I, I care, but it's a busy work week, you know, so a lot of times I just have to kind of like put my head down and, and power through and, and work, teach classes, go to meetings, take classes, do whatever I'm doing. Uh, this is the first time I've been out to Vegas in, in a while uh, that had nothing to do with conference and really nothing to do with work. And I was out there by myself, so I was just wandering around and, uh, you know, drove past Planet Hollywood and the Miracle Mile and all that. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's cool. That's where I was just a few days ago. But what really hit me in the, the heart was when I, I walked through Bally's. And, uh, you know, I... 
just kind of checked it out and there was that whole bar area that was totally empty and just like the the seating around the bar area with the slot machines and all I could think of was just like close my eyes and I can just hear all those piercer conversations and seeing everybody hugging their friends and meeting new people and just kind of hanging out for hours and hours on end and uh, just really kind of magical. It brought back a lot of feelings, really just kind of flooded over me and I think it was a really good way to get over my my post-Vegas depression because I got that little fix and I got that little uh, bit of nostalgia walk through Paris and I was like oh, okay you know I used to go here with my friends and here for breakfast and I used to do this and that and oh and that's where you know Jesse and I got lunch or you know going to this show or all these different things so uh, uh, I equal parts love and hate Las Vegas but it was really nice kind of just being out there and, and getting to uh, get a little bit of the nostalgia out of it so anyway I'm going to stop rambling. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, buy all the things. I don't know. I've got new t-shirts, blah, 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 blah. It's all on my website. Uh, come back next week. I'm going to have another episode. I've already got uh, seven more episodes in the can still from uh, from from conference. So got to figure out what I'm going to do next week. I've got, man, i got a lot of content. So I'm going to start putting that stuff together. I'm getting out to Russia soon too. So that's going to be a whole thing. Uh, come back next week. Let's talk about more stuff. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts LLC, all rights reserved. Mm. <laughs> it's weird, right? I've not been nervous about this at all. And then, like five minutes before I call you, here we go. Just, just um, pretend like there's no podcast or anything. Just pretend like we're just talking. Right. It's still like that's when you when you have to do something. It's like I'm gonna like like a little kid that's gonna just like panic and stare at everybody type thing. Oh right. Like, uh, okay. Whenever I record like the <laughs> the intro parts of this show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. sometimes it takes me an hour to record five minutes because I'm just like swearing and screaming because I feel like I'm just like stammering. <laughs> All right, good. Then I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong yet. Nope. Um, no, my name is TJ Kruger. I, uh, currently the piercer at Monster Inc. Tattoo. And, uh, you can find me on Instagram at piercing by Kruger. Um,